This podcast is brought to you by Living Waters Church, Kyabram. You can visit us at www.lwkyabram.com. It doesn't matter where we are. He just wants our heart. And so, um, so I've got some things to say tomorrow, which I think is important. So, um, you know, young people, come tomorrow. Yeah, come, come tomorrow. I went to youth last night. It was great. Got to preach at youth and got to say things I can't say here. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it's true. Um, got, got to wear my Rexy t- uh, jumper as well, which is, you know, I just, I just felt like I was in. The thing that blessed me most last night was when the young people were playing musical chairs. It was just great. It, it was hilarious. And Isabel, you are an animal when it comes to musical chairs. She was picking boys up and throwing them across the room to, to get the chair. It, it, it was hilarious. It was great. So, but I, I do have some things to say tomorrow, but I'll leave that for tomorrow rather than getting into it tonight. So if you're going to get Bibles tonight, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, and I've entitled my message tonight, Able. Anyone able? So dear Heavenly Father, we pray that as we open your word tonight, Lord, there would be life and health to us in this place. Lord, we are not scared about tomorrow. Lord, we're excited about the season we live in. Lord, I am so glad that you have planted me in this nation for such a time as this. Lord, I am glad that I don't live in any other state but the state of Victoria. Lord, because there is a work that needs to be done for our state. And I pray that we would be salt and light to the world around us in your wonderful name. Amen. Recently on holidays when I was up in Queensland, I had a number of Queenslanders, got to say that a bit slower than what we say in Victoria, a number of Queenslanders up there. And basically what they were saying was, oh, it must be terrible living in Victoria. No, we are planted here for such a time as this. We are salt and light to the world we live in. And, And so I am glad that I'm a Victorian. Born in New South Wales, but migrated to Victoria. And I am glad that this is my state. I, I'm glad that this is the season that I'm born in because the Bible says this that when darkness prevails, light is brighter. You know that moment when it's like when it's really dark and you just flick on the light, and all of a sudden it's like, whoo, what an effect just a little light has. And so I am glad that I've been born for such a time as this, uh, in the season that I've been born and the place that I've been born, because I know that there's a work that needs to be done. So in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, it says this, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Everyone say amen. Excellent. (laughs) So this was a statement that was written by the Apostle Paul while he was under house arrest So basically what that means is that he wasn't allowed to leave his home. He was a prisoner to his four walls, sort of like the ankle bracelet would be today um, in our society, where it's like he wasn't allowed to come and go. He was a prisoner within his own house. Does that sound familiar? Anyone been a prisoner in their own house? I was a prisoner in my house for a little while. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was good. God had been telling me for years to slow down and all of a sudden I was forced to slow down and um, I didn't have an option I had to slow down spent many hours with the dog when when the isolation period stopped my dog went what's happened have I offended you 
And so here the Apostle Paul, he writes these statements here, and the first thing I see here tonight, and the first thing that I think we need to take note of is this, that God is able. Come on, church. You've got to help me out tonight. God is able. It's not God is going to be able. It's not God is capable to be able. It's not that maybe if we get lucky, maybe if Powerball numbers come up, you know, God is able to pay your bills. No, come on, church. God is able. He is more than able. I love this scripture because what it does is it challenges my thinking. And if we're not careful, we have such a small worldview and such a small view of who God is. I don't know whether you've ever been to a concert. And um, years ago, I mean, I was, I was saying to the young people last night, I was born in the late 60s and it was fantastic because I got to live my early life in the 70s and 80s when music was real. When music was real music. When music actually had guitars strings and all that sort of stuff and and then what they did was halfway through the 80s they destroyed it by this thing called disco i mean whoever invented disco they're just terrible people because what happened was from disco then we got things like techno and electropop and all this sort of stuff where guitars became irrelevant and whole music is now created on computers and i think to myself no bring out the guitars things though that we need to understand that God is able. He is able. Small world view if we're not careful. So I was brought up in this scene where you would go to a music concert and everyone would enjoy the concert. They would sit there and they would look at the artist and they would enjoy the artist. These days, this is how people view concerts. It's how they view it. This this is... They've got the whole world in front of them. Listen to me, church. You've got to get this. They've got the whole world in front of them, but they're looking through a tiny screen, and that's their view in life. Small world view. And if we're not careful, when it comes to God, we're like this. Instead of looking at who he is. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be using your phone, you know, because one of the things I am glad is that I am brought in this generation where we do have technology and, um, you know, like, I, I remember years ago when I brought my first digital camera. It was 2.1 megapixels. I know. That's huge, is it not? 2.1 megapixels. I mean, I think our iPhones are now up to what? I'm looking for a young person that knows. So, sorry, thir- 38 megapixels. Thank you, young person up the back. Appreciate it. Person in an old person's skin, but anyway. <laughs> Come on, I know, you're not following me. I look at that, like, because I, I want to tell you, when I, when I go fishing, I don't take any cameras anymore, I just take my phone. And if it, yeah, that's right, if it comes home with me, all good. If it comes home with me, that's even better, it's a bonus. <laughs> Nasty people. <laughs> I was actually watching, I was actually looking at a friend's pictures on Facebook just this week. He went to Winton Wetlands and he took some pictures of the sunset and he's got some pretty high-end cameras. 
He does it for a business, and he's got high-end cameras. But he said this. He says, nah, I took them on my phone. Took them on my phone. They were stunning. They were stunning. When I go on holidays, when I go on holidays, I, I take my digital SLR camera. Lynette takes her iPhone and her iPad, and we get back after, and she goes, have a look at my photos. And I go, I don't want to look. I don't want to look in case your little iPhone-y photo was better than my digital one. Because what I have to do is I have to take the digital photo, then I have to go and post-process it to make it look as good as her pictures that she just took. But if we're not careful, this is our view in life. I saw a picture of a, a concert, and I should have I should have printed it or put it up on the screen, but I, I, I didn't. But it was like all these people were like this, and they're looking like this, but there's one person in the crowd, no phone, and the joy on their face, oh, man. They were enjoying the moment because what they were doing was they were enjoying the full picture rather than the small picture. I think this is what this verse in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 21 and 22 is challenging us with as believers. Come on, God is able. Don't get the small picture, get the big picture. He is able. It doesn't matter what issue you brought here tonight, he's able. In actual fact, you're going to have opportunity tonight I'm going to make some declarations. You're going to have opportunities to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour by the end of this meeting. You're going to have opportunity to re-surrender to him as Lord of your life. You will have opportunity tonight to receive a breakthrough that you've been looking for. You will receive opportunity to be healed in this place tonight. Why? Not because of who we are, but because he is able. He is able. So number one, if you're taking notes, he is able. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Let's turn there. Yep, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, that is what Scripture meant when they said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Think of the bigness of that picture. Your mind has not got to a place where it has been able to comprehend what God has prepared for you. It's not at a place yet where you're able to understand the fullness of what God wants you to live in. You know why? Because he is able to do infinitely more. Number two, infinitely more. I am a dreamer. I dream lots. You speak to my wife. I've always got a project on the go. Always got something in plan. I'm always doing something. I always my eBay wish list is quite long. My watch list is long. You know, and, and I've always got something on the go. My mind's always going. It's like I think a little bit. I think if I was born in this generation, I think I would have been declared ADHD in some areas of my life. Because it's like there's my mind just doesn't stop. It just goes. And and one of the things I have to do when I lay down to sleep is I have to quieten my mind down because it just wants to go on and on and on with ideas and thoughts and plans and that sort of stuff. And that's why sometimes I have 45 million projects on the go at once. So as a person that's able to dream and as a person that's able to think, I love the fact that the scripture says this, that he can do infinitely more than what I can even ask for. Because you know how there's some people that just ask? Notice that some people just ask. 
It's like they've got no problems in asking. Sometimes if I get a phone call from a particular person, I know that there's going to be a question. I know that there's going to be a question like, um, my four kids, they're all different. One of my children will just ring for a chat. Rings regularly. Just chat, 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 chat. You know, on the way home from work. We'll just ring and chat until I hear the blinker go on and he turns into his driveway and then that's it. Conversation over. Does it quite regularly, every second night or every third night. Just hears what he does. I've got another son who never rings. I'm talking never rings. You know, like never, ever rings. Anyway, the other night the phone rang and I said to Lynette in shock, it's my son who never rings. And I instantly knew something was up. I didn't need a prophetic word. I didn't need a word of knowledge. I knew something was up. Why? Because the only time he rings is if he needs something or if he wants something. Now, you might say, that's a terrible son, Pastor Trevor. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's just who he is. And you know what? As soon as I picked up the phone, it's like, hey, what's up? What's happened? And he goes, oh, Dad, I stopped at the traffic light and some bloke in front of me stuck it in reverse and ran into the back of me and then took off. What do I have to check on my car to make sure it's going to be right for work in the morning? He wanted something. He wanted some advice. He wanted this. So some people, it's like they've got no problems in asking. They've got no problems in doing that. You know, they've got no problems in thinking about this is how God wants you to be. Don't be the person that dies wondering. In actual fact, the Bible takes it a step further and says this, you do not have because you haven't asked. And so he's encouraging you tonight to ask for what you need because he can do infinitely more than you can imagine. So if your imagining can go, well, you know what? God can move a mountain. Guess what? He can make the mountain and then he can move it because he can do more. Maybe you think, well, God can heal me. You know what? God can not only heal you, but he can heal all those around you as well. And so what we need to understand, here's his challenge to us in this verse, and his challenge is this, that there is more. And I think, and I got a bit of a revelation at conference that people have just settled for where they're at because this was the conversation during COVID lockdown. I'll just be glad when we're back in church. I'll just be glad when the doors are open. I'll just be glad when we don't have to do this and don't have to do that. No, come on, church, there's more. There's so much more. There's so much more. And even this week, the Holy Spirit has been stirring me again about some of the visions he's given me about this place, about people lined up down the street waiting for doors to be opened so that they can come and get a seat. Because if they're not lined up an hour before, two hours before, guess what happens? They're in standing room only. Why? Oh, he can do that. He can do that. When I first came back to Living Waters in Kyabram, I had a couple of people say, oh, do you think we'll ever fill this? And my comment was this, I think we can fill next door and then go to multiples. I think we can do that. You know why? Because there's more. There's more. There's more. There's so much more. So he is not only able to do, he's able to do infinitely more than you can ask or imagine. So I guess the challenge or part of the challenge tonight is what are you imagining? 
What are you imagining? What are you imagining? You know, I'm sick of COVID conversations. Oh, it's so good to be this and so good to be that. No, come on, let's lift our eyes. Let's lift our eyes. You know, I'm so sick of conversations about Daniel Andrews. I don't care who's in charge of our, stra- our state. God is bigger. Yeah. He is. You know, he makes me laugh some days. I'm going to maybe say some stuff tomorrow that I shouldn't say, but I will. You should come just to hear it. You should come just to wish me farewell as I go off to jail, Pastor Jim. hope he hears my message tomorrow. In actual fact, I might even send it to him just to poke the bear. I say, that's silly, Pastor Trevor. Yes, I do that every now and again. So not only is God able, but he's able to do more than you can even imagine. He's able to go beyond. He's able to go beyond the ceilings because we put ceilings on God. We do. Come on, church, as, as human beings, we put ceilings on God. I hear it sometimes. I, I had a lady once who came out the front to, for prayer and she was blind and I, I knew it was like there was faith there and I knew she could be healed. And I, I always ask because I don't want to assume. And Jesus' pattern was he would ask. You know, the, the, the prophets in the Old Testament, they would ask, what do you want me to do? What do you want prayer for? because I want to work with people's faith. And so I walked up to her um, and I said, what do you want prayer for? She goes, oh, my, my leg is sore. So okay. So I prayed for her. Leg gets healed. I said, is there anything else you want me to pray for? And she goes, no, that's it. That's it. That's it. And I think what happened, because I've had this conversation with God after the fact, I think what happened is it's like she'd been asking, but she had put a ceiling She'd put a ceiling on where she could receive her healing. And you might say, but Pastor Trevor, you should have challenged her about whether she needed to lift that ceiling. No, I was listening to the Holy Spirit and I was doing what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do. And I didn't want to add to her another failed attempt, as we would say, or we would see. I didn't want to add that to her. I wanted to work with her faith because that's what the Holy Spirit told me to do in that moment is work with her faith. He's able to do infinitely more than your ceilings. We need to get rid of our ceilings. Number three, it's according to his power. It's not according to who you are. It's not according to how good you are. It's not according to what sort of lifestyle you live. I I have some friends in ministry who have been very, 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 very naughty boys. They would walk out from meetings where they would lay hands on people and those people would be healed and they would go and visit prostitutes that night. You might say, that's not possible. I know them. Some of them were my friends. You might say, that's terrible. Unfortunately, what happens in ministry is pastors are human as well and they under a pressure that everyone else is under. And it used to confuse me. It used to confuse me because I would see them move in power. One of these friends of mine was, a, was an evangelist and he would give the altar call and people would run to the front to receive salvation. He would lead them through sinners' prayers and guess what? They would get saved. They would get saved by the grace of God and then he would go off and he would live a horrible lifestyle outside of that pulpit and outside of that anointing that he had. Because this is the way it works. It's not according to who he was. 
It's actually according to who God is. And the gifts are without repentance, the Bible says. And that's why we have to be careful when we see someone who has a gift and we put them up on a pedestal as they must be an awesome person. No, it's possible they're a horrible sinner as well. And it's only by the grace of God that they're even still breathing. And so why am I saying that? I'm saying that because it's according to his power. doesn't mean you get to live like the devil and expect God to move through you. No, we need to honour him. We need to honour him and that man is no, or two, two of my friends who were living that sort of lifestyle, they're no longer in ministry. It eventually caught up with them. It eventually caught up with them. And, and so their ministry was actually cut short because of the lifestyle they were living. Because you know what? Gifts will never trump character. Gifts will never trump character. I don't know why I'm saying this tonight because it wasn't originally, caught, wasn't originally meant to be part of my notes, but someone needs to hear this tonight. It's not about gifts, it's about character. And as you build character, as you build character, it builds longevity for what God wants to do through you. So it's according to his power. Uh, In Judges chapter 6, we don't have time tonight to look at the whole story, but it's the story of Gideon. And Gideon was a man who was from the lowest tribe of Israel and he was the lowest in his family But God made a declaration over his life in Judges chapter 6 and it said this, it says, you're a mighty man of valour. And Gideon went, what? He went, who? He went, surely you've dialed the wrong text number in. Surely you've dialed the wrong, surely you've put the wrong email address in. Surely you've made a mistake. Maybe it's someone else you were meant to, and God God was saying, no, you're a mighty man of valour as he's living life in a restricted place of a wine press, trying to thresh wheat just to scrape enough together to get by and feed his family. I want to tell you, if I'm looking at someone who's threshing wheat in a wine press and just scraping by to feed his family, I don't know whether I'm standing there and going, now there's a mighty man of valour. Because the reason he's hidden away in a wine press is because he's scared of the enemy. That's why he's there, because he's scared, because every time they started to prosper, the armies of Midian would come and they would take everything away. They would strip every good thing out of the lives of the Israelites every time they just started to succeed. But the angel of the Lord came and said to Gideon this, he said, you are a mighty man of valour. See, We need to see number four, sorry, according to his power, number four, yeah, no, I'm right, that's good. I should write numbers down. I'm getting really bad at doing that. We need to see as God sees because he sees beyond our small view. He sees beyond our limited knowledge. He sees beyond. See, the whole of Gideon's family saw him as pathetic. In a wine press, I've heard it said this, that threshing wheat in a wine press is like trying to play golf in your cupboard. Because the whole idea of a wine, uh, threshing wheat is that you get it, you beat the living heebie-jeebies out of those sheaves and then you get a winnowing fork and you shove it in and you throw it up so the wind can blow through and blow all the chaff away and then what's heavy will fall down. So the light stuff is taken away by the wind and the heavier stuff, the grain, actually falls back down and gets to a point where you can collect it. Try doing that in a wine press. 
Because the issue with that is the wine press is a place of restriction and the wine press is a place where it's like the wind doesn't get into. Because the, if the wind got into the wine press, when you squash the grapes, it would just run out all over the ground. And so Gideon was using something called a wine press for the wrong thing. He needed to be out in the open, but he knew every time he got out in the open and he started to succeed, someone from the Midian army would come and steal, rob and kill out of his life and take the blessing that he was working towards. And so in his life, he's going, you know what, this is my only mode of survival. And then the Spirit of God says, no, you need to start to see the way I see. You need to start to see the way I see. It's verse 21. It says, to the glory of him in the church and Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Sorry, I need to go back to the verse before. This is back to Ephesians chapter 3. It says, now... All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. You need to see the way he sees. You need to get rid of your small thinking. You need to get rid of that, that ceiling that happens, that ceiling that we put on. Well, God, I've asked for this for years. Well, just keep asking. Just keep asking. But people have said that maybe it's this. Don't listen to Job's friends. Because Job's friends come to Job and said, you know what, There's, the reason you're not receiving breakthrough in your life is because of this. You've got sin in your life. You're not doing this. You're not reading your Bible enough. You're not honouring God enough. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. You're not doing enough burpees. Young people last night were made to be, do burpees. I mean, <laughs> that would never happen if I was the youth leader. I was just like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> doesn't mean we have to work harder. You know what we need to do? We need to... Presence. Your presence is an open door. What's his presence need to open in your life? Come on, church, what's that thing? What's that thing that you've sealed off that you've said, you know what, no, nah, can't do that? You know, what's that dream that you've let lie? What's that thing in your life where it was like once you were so passionate about it, but now it's like, no. Nah. If I get excited about that, Midian will just come down and smash it again. We'll just do this. We'll just do that. Come on, church. We need to get rid of our small view and we need to see the way God sees. In fact, Gideon was so successful in life, he made it to the faith champion chapter in the Bible. I think that's exciting. He made it to the Hall of Fame. He made it to the All-Australian side. He made it. Because in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, it says this, How much more do I need to say it would take too long to account the stories of faith, of the faith of Gideon? However many thousand years later, Gideon's name is still being spoken about. And so he was no longer the lesser. He was elevated. Why? Because he lifted his eyes. He took off the ceiling and he understood, well, my vision at the moment is just to scrape enough for my family to get through today. And God is saying, no, I want you to be a deliverer of a nation. He needed to get rid of his small view so that he could see the way God was seeing. Hey, church, why don't you stand up? If I can have the musos back, that would be great. Just why every eye is closed. In this place tonight, what we're going to do is I'm going to say a prayer that is a prayer of surrender to God. Some people would call it a salvation prayer, but it's a prayer of surrender. 
It's a prayer that we ask Jesus into our life to be the Lord and Saviour of our life. And the way we're going to do that tonight is I'm going to say the prayer and if everyone here can repeat this prayer after me, I'd appreciate that. And if you're watching online, we're doing it this way for you. That If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour of your life, I want you to join with us as we say this prayer. So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I thank you that he came, that he lived a sinless life and he died a cruel death on the cross for my sin, for my wrongdoing. Jesus, I ask you tonight to come into my heart, to be both Lord and Saviour of my life. I thank you for your precious blood that was poured out for me thank you that it washes me clean from all sin. So I ask tonight that you would be my personal Lord and Saviour, that you would help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Living Waters Church, Kyabram. Don't forget, you can find us at www.lwkyabram.com.